All right. Welcome, everybody, to Los Cachirudes, episode one, first episode of this podcast. I am Albert Kampa with the host with I'm the host of the show for today. We got the panel, uh Christian, Fernando, John, and Juan. We got two other guys that might come on later. But I guess we can just start to introduce everybody. Um myself, I'm here in uh Austin, Texas. A fan of Mexico for ever since like before 2002. So I Came off to a bad start, and uh, just here to talk some football. I guess we can start with you, Christian. We can go next. Um, uh, boys, let's see. I'm uh, I'm up here in the Northeast, uh, in Fairfield, Connecticut, and I've been a fan of Mexico since I was five years old. First game I went to with the national team at Azteca, I was sold, and haven't looked back since. And here we are. So. Um, let's get it going. Yeah, Fernando. Um, well, I'm in Phoenix right now. It's kind of cool. It's a nice, chilly 80 degrees, and uh, uh, I've been a fan of Mexico since I was swimming in my dad's nutsack. And, uh, <laughs> you know, good times. Never look back. Cool. John? Hi, I'm John. I'm, I live in. Uh, I also live in Austin. Although I'm, technically, I'm in Lake Way right now. But uh, uh, as far as uh, Mexico, I started watching soccer uh, when I was really young. Uh, it was Babanewa Cabinho, who was a forward for Pumas, that uh, really got me hooked on the game. And uh, one of my earliest memories of watching of, of, of any kind of Mexico-related thing was when Mexico was playing in the World Cup in Argentina. We were on the school bus on the way home, and they were playing Tunisia. And Mecca was on a penalty, and I remember being on the Periferico, and the whole Periferico just starts talking no more. Not necessarily the best, but I, I love having that memory of the But by the time I got home, it was <laughs> the result wasn't as, as good, and then it was all downhill from there, but uh, at least in that tournament. But it's been it's been a fun ride. I mean, I mean believe me, I've Anytime I see uh, Mexico win, I'm very happy. When they lose, it's like uh, it's, it's it's not a, it's not anything that hadn't happened before. So, but I'm glad to be with you guys. It should be a lot of fun. Yep. Cool. And finally, Juan. Hey guys, uh, I'm Juan. I'm the Cascarita legend from Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> You know, I got hooked on, on Mexican football back when uh, when you would have Cruz Azul, Pumas, America. They would come to to the Coliseum and they play uh, Luis Angel Filpo and you know other Central American and Salvadorian team teams. And I really got hooked on uh, El Tri back in in '94. That was the first World Cup that I remember. You know, sitting down and prepping for the games and sitting down and watching them and you know ending up disappointed. When they lost. Man, every story always ends with disappointment. Come on, guys. Well, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> it's like love. Yeah. That's true. Love hurts. Uh, so is being a tree fan, too. <laughs> there's, some good, there's some good stuff. Some philosophy, uh, of man. Of course, of course. Like, one thing, I guess, on the first topic uh, of this game coming up, 
the uh, the one thing I remember I've been thinking of, and actually I saw an interview with Ambris where the, he was talking about uh, that one shot he scored on the U.S. from a from a free kick, and I didn't know, but that uh, I remember listening to it, and Cantor was like, "What's going on? Mail is not it doesn't uh, or is underestimating his power and stuff." And I guess he didn't. Uh, Ambris was saying he didn't set up a, a wall at all. Yeah, and I didn't know that. And then at the last minute he did, and Ambris was saying that he actually liked that. He needed the wall to give reference to where the goal was. And then with the wall, he was able to do the like tres dedos thing and just and just make that shot. It was pretty pretty interesting. I yeah. He ripped that shot. It's uh, I'm surprised he didn't go right through the net. Yeah, that game. Even even Memo Cantu scored in that game. <laughs> that that looked like a backwards uh, uh, Roberto Carlos free kick right there with the curve right at the Ex- end. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, he had that epic mullet back then too. That was I remember <laughs> that. Yeah. We all had epic mullets That's true. That's true. I've seen some kids with that that mullet these days, man. But so, what, what do you guys think of this game coming up? Uh, I guess just the, the call-up, the tactics that Tuka's going to bring in. What do you guys, what are you guys' thoughts on everything? Uh, well, I think the call-up is, uh, I think it has the best that we have to offer. Um, honestly, I, I don't think I could, uh, or anybody can ask for anything better. Some people are crying for Gulit, but who cares about those guys? We actually do have the best. Uh, even with injuries, we have good backups for those injuries. For example, what's his name? Uh, Gallito Vasquez just got, he just couldn't recover from that game in Leon. So, you know, that the, his backup, what's, it's gonna, what we were assuming it was going to be Jonathan Dos Santos, you know, he's, he's pretty good quality. So, you know, he, even if we ended up picking up more injuries, we have the depth to be able to cover them. Yeah, overall I think I think it's uh like like my homie just said I think it's it's really the best we have to offer but most importantly if we take into account the matchups which is I think something that doesn't really happen a lot versus the US um, I think we have everything covered really we have speed on the flanks we have uh, forwards that are going to press um, I I really think that uh, Tuca's going to come out with, with Jimenez and, and Chicharito because they did such a good job of pressing the Argentines um, that I think that it's going to work against the U.S. They're going to they're gonna need to press the U.S. Um, we need to be physical. Uh, one of the biggest things about the 2011 Gold Cup final is uh, how physical we were. Even going into that game, people were talking about Bradley and Jones and how how they were just going to run over uh, Torrado and Castro. And, and I was kind of on the same boat. I thought that they weren't a good matchup for those two guys. And at the end of the day, I mean, uh, they played them right off the field. And we're going to need a similar performance. Uh, the U.S., they do that a lot. They grind down to midfield, and then then we're really left wanting. We don't really have answers for that kind of kind of physical play. Um, this team in particular, throughout the Gold Cup, showed – they were patient. They had the patience to to really knock the ball around and find the spaces they needed. Uh, it's going to be a very tactical game. Uh, Klinsman is not going to – I mean, I don't know what he's – he's been saying a lot of sh- stuff lately, <laughs> but 
he's not going to come out and play toe-to-toe. It hasn't worked out for the U.S. when they come out toe-to-toe. I don't expect him to do that. Yeah, I kind of agree with, uh, with with all of y'all. One thing I will say is, I mean, I, you know, especially with the way they could play against Argentina, which really surprised me, and the fact that it was working, it surprised me even more, was uh, how vertical Mexico was uh, to get their to get their offense going, which I think would, would be huge against the U.S. because I think the U.S. is expecting Mexico to do their, you know, three-quarter, you know, jog up the field and, you know, set up, you know, set up shop about 40 yards away from the goal and, you know, make a mistake and let the other ones beat us on a counterattack. I mean, obviously, I don't think that that's going to happen with Duke. He's just, he's not that kind of coach. He's not going to take any unnecessary risks. You know, he's not going to have both wing backs uh, come up at the same time. And, you know, if, you know, if one comes up, it's going to be, uh, it's not going to be as often as it was under, I mean, pick, pick anybody, you know, Herrera, uh, Vasco, it just, it, it, it's just not his style. And, uh, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, folks uh, don't really understand about Tuca, at least in this country, is that he's been – how long has Tuca been a coach? He's been a coach since, what, the early 90s? Yeah, 30 he, years probably, yeah. yeah. He's been around. And, uh, and you know, I know that people say, well, he didn't do very well against River. Well, you know, you know, you, you, it, it's, you know that was, uh, there's no way the United States is, is, is going to play as well as River played. That River was a very – you know, it was a very cynical uh, way of playing. It ended up working out for them, and I just I don't think that the U.S. is is, is going to be as cynical as as River Plate was. And of course, you know, at that point, uh, Tigres didn't really have. I mean, they had one two practices together, so they weren't really a team yet. But uh, you know, as, the thing that bothers me about this game is the fact that it's even being played. Agreed. I'm quite sure why we have to play it. Uh, why the U.S. has to play it. Uh, I mean, I understand why they're playing it. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's like. You know, when 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 is when is enough going to be How much money do they have to just you know suck out of the fans and out of the out of the TV department from anybody else? It's just it's not uh, it, it, it it's not my favorite thing. And 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 above all, I mean it's it's for a ticket to like a like the biggest throwaway tournament on the planet, which is the Confed Cup, which is worthless and ridiculous. So I'm, I'm not really. Uh, too keen or upset, or you know, with, with, with whether they win or lose. Honestly, I really don't care because I think it's just a, 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 a throwaway game for a throwaway tournament. I'm probably in the minority there, but I also have Texas OU that same day, so I'm sure I'll be just emotionally spent, you know, one way or the other. So, uh, an interesting day for me on Saturday, to say the least. Well, we know where your loyalties lie. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm in the middle of you know. You try broadcasting a game that goes 50 to 7 like we had to do last week in the sun, man. It was brutal. It was not fun. If y'all don't know, I'm one of the announcers for the uh, – we do uh, Longhorn Spanish radio here in Austin and also on the web. And uh, last week at TCU, in addition to watching Texas get their ass kicked, they had us out uh, on the veranda of the end zone. That was our broadcast position. So the sun was just beating us all day long, and I'm still peeling from, from – my, my forehead was like a – you know, the color of a, like, Pern's nose after all the tequila that he drinks. It's, all... it's okay, man. You still look Mexican. You haven't lost it yet. So it's all good. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think... Hey, we need to put on one of those. What? One of the which? I was going to tell John he needs to wear a 10-gallon hat when he's broadcasting under the sun. Come on. <laughs> well, man, you know, I'm... Isn't that, like, standard issue for Texas? I forgot it. I, forgot it. I, just, like, I couldn't believe I didn't have it with me. 
when I when I finally got home, my wife what the hell happened to you? Because I mean, I, I told her like like I'd gone on like a four day bender. I mean, I just my nose was beat red. My foot just it was awful. But anyway, it's so like I said, I just I'm not a big fan of this game. I think it's uh, you know it's just just it's, it's exemplary of, of what the what this confederation is really about, which is extracting money from the uh, the, the their, their biggest fan base, which which is Mexico, and then also Mex- Mexican fans in the U.S. And enough is enough. I mean, come on, you know, let's let, let's have let's have one gold cup every four years and be done with it. Honestly, I per- I like the the way it is set up because honestly, I want to see be able to see Mexico crush the, the Gringos as much as possible. Anytime, and I'm really excited for this game. If I had the cash and the time, you know, I would go and see that game live. You know, this Saturday with my kids. You know, and so it, it would be an amazing time. The more opportunities you have to have an amazing time, I think the better. And and now we're going to go see El Tucamion in live. That's even better too, right? We're going to see the bunker ball by Tuca and using uh, the best that we have. You know, that's going to be a sight to see. And it's only going to be, well, well, probably a once-in-a-lifetime deal. <laughs> so how, how's this, how do you think this bunker is going to be? Is it going to be a... Uh... Back line of uh, five is Rafa gonna play or what? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't mean know. That in a bad way. I mean, you know, it, it, it's one thing to go against Messi and some of the other guys that aren't necessarily like the fastest guys in the world, but you know, the U.S. just you know, they, they they have way too much speed for Rafa. They don't necessarily have the technical skill, but they have way too much speed, and that scares me. And I gotta tell you, I am. Real because Jordan Morris kid is coming to the tournament instead of this game because that guy scares the piss out of me. He is a great player. He's a great player, and I, I cannot believe that he's at Stanford. He should be somewhere earning a ton of money because he's really good. He's just he's just learning though. He's getting his education. I guess once he's done, he'll be able to dominate. You know, I think he's making it. I mean, personally, if he wants to play professionally, he's making a huge mistake because he's going to go into you know, wherever it is that he goes at 22-20, right? And uh, he's going up against guys that have been professionals for seven years. I mean, it just, it doesn't, it's, uh, it, it, I mean, I mean, I guess that's good for, you know, as far as Mexico is concerned, but I mean, that guy's, he is really, really, really good. He is, he, he scares me. And he's only, what, 19, 20 years old? Ooh. Yeah, so I'm glad uh, I think you're talking about Morris, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Morris, there's something interesting about him. Um, physically, uh, he's got a really good build, and he's very, very fast and very savvy. Um, when he played against Mexico in, uh, a few months ago, uh, coincidentally, he played against uh, Carlos Alcedo and Rafa Marquez, and they did a very good job of containing him. Uh, if anything, I, I felt like his... He was very naive in the way he approached those two guys. Uh, he wasn't beating Salcedo for speed. He couldn't get around Marquez either, not necessarily through speed, but uh, Marquez positioning is just, at this, even at his age, it's it's, it's ridiculously good. Uh, going forward, yes, he is going to be a problem. He was is it, uh, was like some terrible scrub, like like even where, like, like Cata Dominguez. Yeah, the the, the, the <laughs> idea of we always tend to experiment against the U.S. Like in 2011, after the Gold Cup final, we put on Christian Bermudez because he was, he was having a really good season that around that time. And as soon as he came on, 
Brekshay had a field day with him. Completely. That's how the that's how the equalizer came. Um, and again, this past friendly, Piojo decides to swap out the entire defense literally at halftime. Uh, against the U.S., I know that even their third friendlies, it's not really an advantage you want to give them. And and you could tell, Alanis wasn't quite settled. He's the one who lost his footing in the uh, in the first goal with Morris, and they never really looked back after that. To your point, yes, I think that going forward he's going to be uh, a tremendous asset for the U.S. Um, but that's that's kind of almost a given. I mean, I mean, people like to bash the U.S. and I'm one of them, obviously. But um, there's a natural progression going on with their talent that is going to be very interesting to see, especially when it comes to the way that they match up with Mexico because they match up very well with us, and they always have. We need to always remember that. Well, see, and that's another aspect of the game to bring up is the fact that the... You're muted. We can't hear you, buddy. I lost it. He got perma-muted. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> he got banned from the chat. I'm sorry, man. Hold on, let me see if I can get him. Let me pour some of this for you. Shoot him a text. <laughs> Yeah, but I, just, I think I saw you take a shot like five seconds ago, man. Yeah, I saw that. What? Did you take a shot? What are you talking about? Okay, because I mean, I'm not. I'm gonna level with you guys. I'm having a beer as we're speaking, so it's uh, okay. <laughs> my my thought on Morris, though. I think John's still talking. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I don't think he knows that his uh, mic is muted. Yeah, let me chat. Let me text him. Man, pretty nice. But, uh, well, but, but I think Morris is. I think Morris. He's he's good. He's fast. He sort of like like was scaring me like Josie used to do back before yeah. he started stinking. But yep. I don't think he's the Landon Donovan type where he can run with the ball from no. like before mid midfield and stuff. So no, not at all, not at all. But uh, but he doesn't that's, have to do that. That's, yeah, that's that brings some relief. But uh, but yeah, he's definitely. Definitely pretty good. I don't. I really, honestly, after seeing them in that previous game, I don't think there's nothing to be worried about. Him. We got really good quality defenders now. Even with with a Rafa, let's say he decides to pass the baton to, you know, Hector Moreno or maybe Diego Reyes. Who knows? But uh, I don't. There's nothing to worry about, in my opinion. Mexico can easily contain that type of player. They have in the past. Not you know, but. Not at the, he's not at the level of, like, let's say, a Landon Donovan, but I, I personally don't see with the quality that we have in our squad, nothing to be worried about. I mean, Landon Donovan was a almost a once-in-a-generation type of player for them. It's unlikely they're going to have another player like that um, with those qualities. Um, he was a shooting star, definitely. But you yeah. know what? That shooting star already passed by. Ha-ha. <laughs> Well, even then, his last, not the last game against Mexico, um, maybe it was his last game against Mexico, He uh, right before the World Cup, he went up against Marquez, and Marquez kept him in his back pocket. Uh, obviously, Landon has lost a lot of speed at that point, so it wasn't the same. Um, Morris, I feel like he's he's... He's got a lot going for him. I mean, uh, I also feel like some, sometimes Americans are uh, 
trying to reinvent the wheel with their player development. Uh, he's he's 20 years old. He's in college. Um, he's had a lot of success so far, but in a professional setting where he's he's asked to play day in day out, I don't know how he's going to pan out in that sense. But I mean, you put him in front of Mexico, and yeah, you'll I'll, I'll be thinking twice about him the moment he steps on the field. What's up, RDL? What's up, dude? Hey. Yeah, we already started. We we're just talking about the uh, well about uh, Jordan Morris for the U.S. and Mexico's defense, how they're gonna put the defense for the game and everything. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I haven't really. I'm kind of a. Uh, I'm kind of boycotting this this uh, this uh, this cup, you know. I'm Ooh. not really putting too much attention to it because I don't know. It's just to me, it's like the Blazer Bowl. Like you know, we were talking about it. It's yeah. like the last, you know, it's like the last doings of, of Chuck Blazer and, and and you know those you know the crappy tournaments. So it's like really, I haven't really been putting that much attention to it. Uh, but I, I kind of have a feeling that Mexico will lose, though. You know. Oof. Unfortunately. Ouch, man. That's a, that's a possibility, and that you're you're saying sort of like what John was saying, and that's the first uh, sort of the you know the first I've really heard. Of course, everyone like there's it's already sold out. There's going to be ninety plus thousand at the stadium. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. are all you know they're wanting to win. Mexico, of course, is going to want to win, but but I, I do see your point and and what you and John have been saying. Uh, it is. I mean, I'm just like you're you're playing you're playing one gold cup and then another gold cup, and it's like it just cheapens it. So it's like, I mean, it's, honestly, I'm not even going to be watching. I'm actually going to be doing an event that day, you know. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> not paying your money to these guys, eh? I, yeah. I I see, like when 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 uh when Fernando when you were talking about like any any Mexican game is good to see like the, for and I went to the San Antonio game that was like a couple months ago and it was fun you know it was a good time I was hanging out with Pancho Villa's army and all that but uh <laughs> but uh but I mean the game was the, the it was like the C team like a bunch of scrubs and stuff so I mean the game in itself wasn't too impressive uh plus it was a loss and everything but I think these types of games you know done like you guys are saying, once every four years um, is pretty good. And then you have the qualifiers. Uh, I guess it's, it would be two qualifiers, right, against the U.S., which would be, uh, you know, that's yeah. a legit game, not these friendlies and stuff. Well, even the qualifiers are, are a little redundant because um, the point of qualifying is to qualify. I don't really – I mean, when, they, when the U.S. got a point at a, at a Stadio Azteca last time around and – the way they the way they celebrated it, even all the talk about how they helped us get get us to New Zealand, I, I it doesn't even ring in my head because at the end of the day, I mean, I only really care what we do at the World Cup. I mean, we're gonna go play four games like we always do, and performance is really what I'm looking for in those four games. Hopefully, that fifth game, but uh, the qualifiers are. I mean, I don't see what the fuss is about, especially now with 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 the appointment of the new coach. And uh, a lot of the press is talking about how uh, Osorio needs to needs to make sure that Mexico qualifies in a very calm manner. 
aside from the 2006 World Cup cycle, when is the last time we had a, a calm qualifying cycle? It's just 2006 which, wasn't calm. That was well, a, I mean, you know, I you mean, had, relatively. You know, that, that was at the pinnacle of the Bocones Cangrejo Wars. Well, right, but I mean, like, results-wise. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But, but, but well, here, yeah. you know? When you look at Qualify, that was pretty simple. As far as the, the one that was the most uh, easy, it was 94, because that was when, you know, right. the, that was when everyone, that's how everyone expects Mexico to be at the Azteca, was based on what those guys did in that. Because that, that was the first time they played qualifiers at the Azteca in, like, 60, I mean, it had been almost 20 years. It had been a long time. And it just, just, but that was back when you only got two points, though. So they lost that. So that Canada game was just absolutely enormous. It was, uh, but as, but, but that one, I guess '98 too was a little, you know, not as dramatic. But, yeah, but ever since then, it's been, it's been, and it's arid, and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah, recent recent memory. You look at the 2010, the, the South Africa cycle, and the, this past cycle, they were both. Pretty, just very uneven, and and the press doesn't help, obviously, and um, the team wasn't clicking, and you know, at least in 2014, we went to the World Cup and we played well. There was a real unity in the team, and there was, um, we were talking before about how how Mexico is a lot more vertical now when they attack. I feel like that sort of came about in 2010. Um, once you move past literally Pavel Pardo and and any of those other you know guys that were playing in the midfield that were more lateral and less vertical, once we move past those guys, we are seeing what Mexico is about now, which is less possession in a way and and more uh, quick transition to get to the goal and to create goal scoring chances, and that's what our player pool is suited for right now. So we should embrace it and not get caught up in this whole, are we going to qualify walking? Is it going to be easy? I don't really care. I just want to qualify. I, don't, I mean, honestly, get to the World Cup, and that's where we do the talking. The, the, the battling it out with Honduras and El Salvador and all that, it, it doesn't really faze me. I need. We need to get to the World Cup, win the Gold Cup, go to the Confederations Cup. Those are the real only metrics that we have. Even Copa America has lost a lot of steam because we're not sending – good competitive teams to those tournaments anymore, so uh, how else do we prove our, I mean, I don't really care about proving our worth in CONCACAF, we've done that for so long, it just doesn't doesn't hold a lot of weight, I mean, maybe it does for the U.S., but I don't think it does for Mexico anymore. Yeah, we were, we were talking actually before, um, weeks before, about giving the priority to Copa America. Just forgetting the Gold Cup, and it could have, they could have, they should have done it maybe this year. Just send the scrub team to Gold Cup and go after after winning actually the Copa America instead. Let's see if that would have happened. We wouldn't have had this game that we're gonna have this weekend. Maybe yeah. plus a big possibility which, we're not. But. Which doesn't really matter according to two people so far. <laughs> I mean, this game is just like a molero. It's just you know another game against the U.S. and the, the Confederations. How does that line up with? Uh, because the whole the whole deal behind confederations is to prepare for the actual World Cup, uh, but you know John I think would say that that's sort of not really you know that important. It's you know qualifiers is pre- preparation and they can get a camp for maybe a month or so. How important, not, really important is the confederations? Can we not insult Mole, please? I, I make Mole. 
Sä on siis... Mulla on You make an olly tonight? Nah, that's next week. Yeah. Oh, you can use some of that right now. We should make mole estilo molero. <laughs> See? Yeah, There's your catchline right there. Mole estilo molero. Igual que el patrocinador de la selección mexicana de fútbol. Yep. <laughs> you know what? At the end of the day, I, I, I kind of agree with like how much that would have little significance this game really has. For me, it's actually interesting to see how uh, these players face off against. We haven't had a good team against the U.S. Uh, in in a couple of years, really. So this is going to be interesting, at least in that sense. And I, and I do think we're going to win. I think we're going to win. I don't think there's really. This is the golden generation too. If you, yes. Like, this is the you know the U17. Those players, well, Gio and Bella. I don't know who else. I'm... Well, well, Miguel Lajun is actually part of that as well. I think he missed the cutoff by a few months when he was younger. Um, I don't think that, that those guys itself is a golden generation. I mean, you, you can add Jonathan, you can add uh, Lajun, even the younger guys, Jimenez and Herrera. I mean, that's that's a that's a nice core. The Catito as well. It's a very nice core of players with a lot of experience. I want to see them go up against the U.S. and really make a statement, kind of like we did in 2011 and 2009, uh, a game that I was at, and, and I'm hoping for some of that as well. I mean, it's obviously a much higher quality team for the Americans, but once once Gio and Vela figure them out and they started driving at them, I was right there. It was it was like it was like watching candy fall from the sky. You just you just <laughs> open your mouth and just watch, just eat it all up. It was amazing. I want to see more of that. I think that I think it's a possibility. Like I was thinking, I mean, if based on the, the U.S. defense and how they just crumbled in the last few games, and, and the uh, and the firepower that Mexico has or the, they're capable of, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing ends up like a four-zero or something for Mexico. But keep in mind, Mexico's defense—they've also crumbled, and especially in the last moments, Trinidad and Tobago against Argentina. So, like I yeah. said, I, I mean, right, right now Mexico doesn't have a defense. They're shaky. As long and, and 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 we're gonna get caught. Mexico's gonna get get caught. You know, uh, up. You know, they're gonna advance their, their their back line, and they're gonna get caught, or they're gonna lose on a set piece. That's what they gotta I, not do, though. They can't. They can't be advancing that back line. They gotta. Well, not fully bunker. Yeah, they gotta stay. But Duca doesn't really play like that, though. He doesn't take chances like that unless he absolutely has to. The, the the only thing that I can think that Duca will do, because knowing that he he only had four games, is that he'll play percentages and maybe maybe he'll play the cat and mouse game. I mean, I, I, honestly, I think that's really the, I think that's what he should be doing is play the cat and mouse, uh, basically turn the tables and do exactly what the U.S. does to Mexico is let them, you know, you know, concede possession and go for and go for their counters. You know that's where he had the, the they had their most success versus Argentina too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, although although I I hate that type of style to my you know to my core, it, it goes against everything I believe in. But I mean, honestly, it, it is effective. Well, I mean, I think that the, the the biggest thing is that you don't. I mean, it's not. I mean, it is conservative. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, but it's just you know the the biggest difference with Tuca was is that the minute you dispossess, you send it. You know, you send that forty yard pass to our guy that's breaking. Yeah, and uh, and the other guys just have to hustle and catch up. 
So I mean, I don't necessarily. Th- I mean, I understand what you're saying. I don't. I don't think it's going to be as uh, as as bunkerish as that. I just think that they're going to that they're going to be very patient. Like, be patient with the ball, and, and if the other team has it, they're not going to they're not going to bring another guy up to make a tackle or do that awful double team that they always do on the flanks and get beat and then just leave it, you know, 80 yards of space. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't see him playing like that, which I think is a good thing in a game like this because, you know, it's, you know, fuck, you know what? We, if we won one zero on like the ugliest Chicharito goal, Chicharito goal in history, like he, you know, it hits him in the, I don't know, in the ear or something you know, by accident <laughs> and goes in. I would love to win a game like that. You know, just once. Oh, yes. I would yeah. love that too. Or, 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 or even, or he, or even out of the Or an uncle goal off of Michael Bradley, you know, you've just. Oh, hey, I would like be. That your Nazi head style? Yes. Oh, yes. I would definitely love that. You know, I mean, everyone wants to win 5 0. That's how I want. I want to win just, just ugly as hell. Just, just you know, hideously ugly. No, it's, great. it's not ugly, it's great. 2 0 is what we need to do. We just win 2 0 and just throw it back in our face. Get it over with. You know, he can score with his ass too, like Chicharito, and they call it the Mexican torque, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, that, is yeah. fan- that is fantastic. <laughs> Mexican torque, yeah. So, I, I honestly, I just want them to win no matter what, especially versus the U.S. As a matter of fact, that's the only team that I, I don't care. Even if the ref gave us like a bogus penalty call, like in the Gold Cup, I don't think they were bogus, but it just seemed like it. But anyways, I don't care as long as they win, and especially on my son's birthday too. So, oh, well, well, happy birthday! Oh, not to me. It's my son. <laughs> One of the things that they're talking about, we also have to look at, is, is how the U.S. is going to line up. They're going to probably play Beasley as a, as a left back and Fabian Johnson on the other side. So they're going to look to exploit Paul Aguilar and Miguel Ajun the moment that they step foot into the opposing half. That's where we can get burned. I mean, forget speed down the middle. They're going to look to really get just speed on the flanks and get behind those two guys. Now, with Gajito being out, there was talk about dropping Guardado into that role and sliding Leyun into the midfield with Jorge Torres Nilo as a left back or as a wing back. If you want to play a more conservative style, you got to play Jorge Torres Nilo because he's the kind of guy that, that scraps and he gets into it with those guys. And he, There was one play in the 2011 Gold Cup final where he won against Freddie Adu and he slipped, and he used his nose, like his face, to, to put the ball out of bounds so Freddie Adu wouldn't get around him. I don't know if I can see Miguel Ayun doing that. I, can, I don't know if I can see a lot of those guys doing that. Uh, you need, these guys are going to need to get scrappy because that's what the U.S. thrives in. They love those scrappy goals. I mean, if you look back at the goals they've scored against us over the, over the years – uh, you're going to find very few actually like well-constructed plays. You're going to find a lot of rebounds or Michael Bradley just running somebody over and getting a toe on a ball. Uh, we need or, to be as proactive as on both sides of the ball is what I'm saying. We need to be careful on both sides. And if, if playing Miguel Ayun in the midfield means that you can have someone who's going to go back and forth and cover both sides of the ball, that's not necessarily a bad idea. One of the, one of the benefits of having a Leon in the midfield is, believe it or not, he's actually one of the few guys in the Mexican league, you know, or or, or was, um, that actually would take shots. 
and yeah. and and very good shots on goal. And which and when and when you have a player that does that, you're gonna pull you're gonna pull attack you know defenders onto you, which will create you know more spaces. So I mean that wouldn't be right. a, a bad idea. Has Torres Nilo ever scored for the uh, Mexico the national team? No, but he's served up plenty of uh, plenty of crosses. He's one of the better crossers that we have. And that is very true. Yeah. I still remember that cross that he did on that friendly versus uh, Netherlands back in the. Oh yeah, 2010. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that was That's beautiful. Right. Unlike Aguilar and uh, Layun, those guys can't cross. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Layun is good with his right foot, not necessarily with his left, which is kind of a contradiction. Jeez. Are y'all watching this? Oh, my God. Yeah, I saw that. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. No. Uh, you guys are right about Layun. Uh, I just don't know if I want it. I would put Guardado back there if it was a, it was a five man line instead of a four man line because a four man line just kind of scares me to death. I'd rather have him. I agree. If it's going to be a five man line, because I yeah. think that then he he would he would fit very nicely. Now the question is is is, is Tecatito going to start or is he come in with like half an hour left? He's not going to start. I don't think he's going to start. Does he deserve to start? I think so, but. I don't. Is, is, but you know what? You almost you almost don't want him to start though, just because. I agree. You want him to, yeah. Just because yeah, it seems like he'd be better off the bench. And we'll get I feel him. like it, yeah, because if he starts and doesn't find his rhythm and they figure him out how he to goes close away. him down, yeah. exactly, he just dies down and then we lose that kind of punch. I I want that's him to come off the bench. That's my winning eleven strategy. I always put you know I always put my my scrub at first and then and then I put in my good players at the end. Oh okay, that's so that's how you get it from. That's cool. <laughs> Hey, that's okay. San Paoli, according, I was reading an article that he he figures out he tests his te- the tactics using FIFA. Uh, FIFA, like, oh, I'm gonna go four four two. I'm gonna try it out, and that's according to him. That's how he prepared for the Copa America campaign. Yeah, I heard about that. I was like, wow. So I'm, I might start doing that too. But and then have... we can then we can all be coaches. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just curious though. Does he, uh, you know, does he think that 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 passes can be completed when you're have your back back to a guy and just turn around and you can get you know fifty yards right to their feet like you always can on FIFA. It can, it can happen, man. Rafa Marquez can make it happen. One thing on uh, on Tecatito, if he if he when he comes in, there's going to be some humiliation, man. He's going to fool some U.S. Oh, players yeah. pretty bad. And yeah, uh, he's if he's in with Jimenez, the way I like them both in the Copa America, he made some good passes to Jimenez. Uh, you know, beating people off the dribble and then passing to Jimenez for like headers and stuff. Man, yeah. I gotta tell you, I cannot wait for Jimenez to start playing regularly because I think that guy is going to be a superstar. He is a big boy that has great on the ball skills. He's he could. I'm not saying he's going to like get to this level, but he's like he's like Slotin. Mean, he's that kind of player. Yeah. This, this huge guy who has great ball control. They don't they don't come around very often. My God, I'll never forget, man. I actually had tears in my eyes when he scored that Chilena versus Panama. Oh my God, that that, that Jimenez will definitely is is definitely on tap potential right there. I mean, I, I think we. I mean, you look at the guys that we have: Chicharito, Jimenez, Vela, Gio, Tecatito. Those are our forwards. Uh, I, I, Oribe is. I'm not sure about Oribe really. I mean. He, for all we know, he's probably going to start on, on Saturday. I think it's a mistake. Uh, Tuca talks about him and the way that he fights for the ball. But if you look yeah, closely gritty. with Mexico, he does fight. He's he does. He's like the first line of defense. But the problem is, is he always fouls. He always commits a foul 
when he battles for the ball. So it's kind of pointless if all he's going to do is commit fouls and kill the flow of play. If he's not willing to – like Jimenez does that very well. He is sneaky. He comes around behind the defenders, takes the ball, and we have counters, and we have, we can break and transition. Oribe doesn't really do that. He, he comes in, and, and, and for some reason he always gets called for a foul, even if it's not his fault. And it just doesn't work. You don't need two guys that can do that. You need one guy that can do that very well and another guy that can get behind the defense. That's why I think he should go with Chicharito and Jimenez. I think it's the most logical choice. That worked with Argentina. They looked yeah. great. They looked really good against Argentina. I mean, you know, people get upset that Chicharito misses, but you know what? Forwards miss. It happens. You know, <laughs> exactly. Not all games are going to be 12 to 10. You know, it's just, you know, he'll, he'll get his. Don't worry about him. He's a forward. They, you know, everyone misses. Forwards misses, taxes are due, people die. It's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I I mean I, I really like the way that, that, that both of them played against uh, uh, Argentina. And, uh, but I always thought I thought that Raúl actually had the best game of anybody. I agree. From Mexico that day, he played really well. And I just you know as long as uh, you know you know I, I think the fact that that, that that they kind of fit into Tuca's vertical counterattacking game better than. Then you know, obviously Tecatito does too, but more of a, you know, like a second half, go after tired legs kind of guy. So, but I, I agree with you. He just he just he doesn't uh, he doesn't fit. The, he's more of a uh, of a of a player that needs that, that that guy to put the pausa in the game just so he can kind of get settled in and get, uh, you know, find his spots. So, I don't know. You know, I gotta say this. I mean, I've been watching following Mexico for a long time, and this is the first time. Man, this is the first time in a long time that we have as good a depth as we have in, and of course not across the board, but it's it's it, 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 this this uh, upcoming cycle should be really, really fun. And I got the other thing I got to say about that is that I would not play all the games at the Azteca. I think that new stadium in Monterey wow. deserves a game. Uh, I think I think the, I think the Monterey crowd I think is a better crowd than the Mexico City crowd, as much as it pains me to say it, but it's true. And I think that, that place would be bonkers. It would be an incredible. I mean, I mean, the Azteca should they should still use it, but you know, they'll play all five games. Or I think that there are other stadiums deserve it. I almost want to say that the the Chivas Stadium deserves it too, but they don't ever fill it up. So, <laughs> hey, that's that looks like it's a management problem. Eh? Yeah. But by the way, talking about death, Mexico's winning right now, one zero versus Honduras in the sub twenty two. Yeah, it should be like six zero. Honestly. Yeah, they've they've missed like four already. Yeah. Did, did anybody catch the article uh, from Grant Wall uh, talking about the you know the uh, Mexican American dilemma? Of, uh, like the I forgot the name of the article, but basically about like you know the fathers rooting for Mexico and the, one of the sons rooting or like rooting for uh, for the U.S. I saw that, uh, but I didn't get to read you, it. You didn't get to read I it. Need a link, man. Yeah, read it. Read it. There's a the guy, uh, son, 21 year old. Uh, I think he was a journalism major. And uh, I mean, as I was reading, as I was reading it, you know, he he basically on his Twitter feed or his Twitter name, you know, he 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 has Josie something, and I'm thinking, dude, 21 year old guy. <laughs> I said, well, that's kind of pathetic when you still have like idols at 21 years old, you know. Right. Especially Joe's um, I know, I know, but 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 as I was as I was reading this, I was thinking, dude, this guy is, I mean, and I know a bunch of them like that. He is a byproduct of that whole Cuba vision, you know, yep. Guerra Fria crap, you know. Yep. 
<laughs> so I mean that that's 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 like that's why one of the reasons why it's like I'm not you know not, I'm not really getting that that psyched up for this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to see Mexico in the in the in the, in the Confederations Cup, but it's just like I don't know. It's just I just like it's like I just don't like the how how Mexico gets to the the Confederations Cup. And uh, you know, like, and I was like, you know, and I was reading the article. I was reading the article. You know, you know. Obviously, the father's going for Mexico, the son's going for the U.S., you know, but I was just like, you know, I was just thinking when I was reading that, I was like, man, you got a bunch of, uh, I think I think it was Joel, uh, Joel that basically said that you have, you know, was it, hey, Joel, are you there, by the way? No, he's not with us yet. Oh, he's not with us? He's not yeah, with he's, us anymore. No, he's not with us. But, you know, but it's like, you know, Univision has really done a number, you know, and Telemundo has really done a number on that. On, 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 on fans and just basically making them into like you know spazos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, you. I haven't heard that actually say that in real life. Spazos. That, that, that's a that, there's like the campaign. They interviewed Jurgen Klinsmann. I saw an interview today where um, oh, yeah. he he actually admitted he's like, yeah, I wish if we win this game, more Mexican you know Mexican American kids start rooting for the U.S. instead of Mexico or you know both. You know, some may may just root for Mexico, not the U.S. Um, and then this Grant Wall article, you know, seems to be sort of that similar type of propaganda where they're like, you know, trying to get fans. I mean, it, it U.S. Is, people I mean, aren't fans normally of soccer. They hate soccer. They like football instead. So um, might as well just go for foreigner, for you know. Yeah, but 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 the thing is, you know, with that is, you. I mean, actually, I mean, the records and the stats do show that the the, the, the soccer is growing among, you know, in in, in the U.S. I mean, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be you know uh, building all these stadiums if if they were if it was gonna you know burn out like the old uh, what is it the North American Soccer League. But it's just I just have a problem with how they marketed you know soccer, and like it's basically to the you know to the to the soccer mom and to the you know I don't want to say fortune but you know it's basically like when you know Cuba Vision was doing the campaigns of El Equipo de Todos. And oh, then, they still do it. Yeah, and they still do it, and they still do it. I mean, so I mean, basically, they're trying to get all the Wilbers and the, and the Washingtons, and, <laughs> you know, and and then and then they're trying to get all the you know the Paisas and the Mapaleros, you know, on, on one other side. <laughs> so, it's like, so it's like, like but 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 if you rem- you remember you remember the the game uh, when you know the, actually the 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 game where the U.S. beat Mexico and Azteca, uh, you know, shortly after the. Uh, uh, the Olympics. The, the Olympics. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but the stadium wasn't full. At all. <laughs> and exactly. The stadium wasn't full. And to try to get people to go to the stadium for a quote-unquote, you know, La Guerra Fria, they were using the basically the Olympic the, the Olympic uh, uh, members. Which, of course, when it was a terrible yeah. ceremony, too. It was, like, embarrassing. Yeah. It's like, it, really? It, it, there so, were fireworks. I mean, they had I mean, fireworks at halftime for some reason. And, and, and like, I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, I was I was studying in Mexico, you know, exchange program back in 1999. I was there for the Confederation Cup, and I remember, and I remember the Mexico game, you know, when uh, when uh, you know when uh, we beat them like in, in after extra time with Guatemala. I mean, the fact, I mean, it, it, you know, I I didn't, you know. Mexico, at least I remember, like in, in the in the uh, in the restaurants and all that type of stuff. There wasn't a buzz when Mexico played the U.S. And granted, we played a, a, a an under twenty or basically a, a youth you know team 
a Brazilian team in the 99 Confederations Cup, but it was Brazil. And you can sense who, you know, who they really, I mean, on Mexico, Mexico would rather see them play against Argentina or have them play against, you know, Brazil. But I just, you know, like I said, it's just like they want to make it happen. They want to make the U.S.-Mexico into this, like, huge, huge rivalry. And I just, you know, like, you know, like I said, like, when I was reading this article, I'm like, they've done their job, at least on this side of the border, they've done their job. You know, the marketers, guys. As, as, as Martinoli would say, what is it, Martin? What is he called? Uh, Herrera? He called him, uh, he doesn't want a marketing coach or some, some bullshit like that. Oh, yeah. Marketinero. Yeah, Marketinero. There we go. That's what he called him. Marketinero, yeah. Well, I think the problem is, is, is uh, not really a problem, really, but, but uh, Univision and Telemundo, along with that Equipo de Todos crap, uh, like the, the English-speaking outlets, every time there's a U.S.-Mexico game, whether it's a friendly or a qualifier or whatever, always run out these stories about how how evil the rivalry was and how evil the, the Mexicans were. Uh, Tom Marshall just did an article today, I think, or yesterday, where he talks to both sets of, of players from, from, you know, from previous generations. And uh, Kobe Jones is on, pretty much goes on record saying that they, never, they were never dirty. Uh, they were never dirty against Mexico. They were never. They would never retaliate. And the very next guy they interviewed was Lalas, and he was like, "Yeah, we gave as much as we took." You know, like they, they want to paint themselves as these Boy Scouts and these victims. Even Tuca, Tuca said it today. They always want to play the victim card, and that's what draws these younger kids in. They're like, "Oh wow, we're going against. We're the underdog. We. This is my country," and blah blah blah. And Especially when you take into account the fact that a lot of these other fans, all, all these American fans that are not from a Mexican background, it's just easier to just be like, well, yeah, let's you know, screw Mexico, let's let's just go against them. And uh, at least in my family, I can I can see it because my family's Colombian. They don't care about the U.S. national team. None of my cousins really care. They don't watch the games. They don't. They only follow Colombia. They don't. They don't care about how the U.S. does. Is that uh, because? Is that because of the '94 World Cup? <laughs> no, not at all. It's just it's, no, much, much like we are. You know, there's a very strong pull towards you Brazil, know, Argentina. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> no, I think I think it's because Colombia is a bigger team. Like you have uh, Guatemalans or Hondurans or uh, yeah, Salvadorians. True. They're not going to root for their team because their teams aren't any good. <laughs> so well, they'll go for the yeah. U.S. Yeah, it's like that guy on East Kin, that yeah. Guatemalan guy who uh, is like a huge Real Madrid fan. It's like, dude, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. he, but hey, hey, guys, don't don't laugh, don't laugh because we're basically we are one, maybe two generations away from being, you know, a Guatemalan or Uruguayan where we're looking to Europe, you know. You know, uh, as 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 like soccer, because I mean, and, and Joel and I, we always talk about this. How the Mexican media, they're trying to basically make it so Eurocentric. Like I don't, I don't follow all the Mexican players, you know, that are in Europe. Like I don't follow them religiously, you know, because I, I mean, I'm, I still like watching the Mexican league, you know, yeah, yeah. and and it, it just, it just seems to me. It, it just seems to me that, you know, like, you know, earlier we were talking about the golden generation of players. Granted, I, I can see that the players now are better, 
you know, now than they were, you know, a couple years back, a couple, you know, even, you know, 10 years ago. But I would still rather take the generation from 93 to 99 than this, than this generation because they played more collectively. And, you know, like one of the things, one of the things, if you've noticed, if you notice the trend, this past World Cup, it was two European teams. Uh, 2010, two European teams in the finals. 2006, also two European teams. And one of the things, like, you know, one of the things that, you know, really caught my eye, you know, back in the, you know, watching the, the when, like, Brazil was getting, uh, what was it, 7-1 uh, seven, seven or whatever whatever it was. Germany versus... Uh, yeah, Germany, 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 Brazil. I mean, I, you know, somewhere down the line where it's a 3-0 or 4-0, no Brazilian player retaliated or, or, or was trying to play dirty or, you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to say that, you know, that, you know, to be unsportsmanlike, but, well, but, Ronnie, to show, I, but show some, some sort of life, you know, that, that or, pride. or pride that you're pissed off, you know, and just, you know, something like what Rafa did, you know, in, 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 in 2002, again, you know, when he basically just, you know, all right, we lost this, but guess what? I'm taking one of these out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean hey, that's like where's that? I mean, and they, and, and yeah. I guess they've become too, too methodical, too professional, and too, you know, going to Europe and stuff like that. Well, Ronnie, do you think have they become like homogenized? It, they, well, it's getting to, to that point. I mean, that, that's what I've always thought. That's what I've thought about Brazil, especially in the last, oh, I don't know, you know, ten, fifteen years. Is that you know, I used to, I, I loved Brazil when I was a kid, man. They were the team. They. I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but that 1982 Brazil team, if y'all have got a chance to see it, oh, my God. I, I've you know, seen and, as an, and as an 11-year-old, you're like, holy, that's me. You know, how can you not just fall in love with that? I, well, 13 I, years first, ago, but I still won the World Cup, so and that, were, that was a great team. Yeah, but my point is, is that that team had, out of the 23 that played, 22 of them played in Brazil. Only one played in Europe, and that was Falcao, and that was it. And uh, and, and but, I think that, 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 that there's, that's a very interesting point that you're making, that 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 you it, you ha- it seems like now you have to play, or people are de- de- decided that they have to play European soccer to beat the Europeans, and I think it should be the exact opposite. No, it, it is. You you they there has to be somewhere down the line. There, the trend is going to have to be. You know what? You're going to have to come back to Mexico. You're going to have to come back to Argentina. You're going to have to come back to Brazil, you know, or Colombia or Uruguay, and you're going to have to start playing from there because I mean, I. I, I still believe – I believed this 10 years ago, and I still believe it now. We don't need – Mexico does not need to go – the Mexicans do not need to go to Europe to, 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 to learn how to play. You know, It's not that I'm being you know, closed-minded or anything like that, but you have everything in Mexico. You have everything that the Spaniards have. You have everything that the Germans have. You have everything that the English have. You have everything that the Italians have. You have infrastructure. You, you, you have good salaries. You have great salaries, actually. You have a competitive, you have a competitive league, and you can also attract, you know, a great foreign talent. So I mean, you have everything there. So I mean, I, I don't, you know, like you know, a Spaniard doesn't have to go and leave, the, you know, La Liga. You know, an Englishman doesn't have to leave, you know, the Premiership. So it's like that's like I, an I, embedded culture, though. Does, like in, does in, the Premier League know, even have Englishmen anymore? No, it's, well, their, their it, leagues it, it, are, are the it, best it, anyway, so they don't need to move. It, it's They're playing funny, with the best players over there. 
It's funny you say that, you know, because I, when I was in when I was in Johannesburg, I you know I was at the Tambo Airport and after after one of the matches, and I was there, you know, with a, a British journalist, and you know, so, you know, we we basically taken the, uh, the the bus, you know, numerous times, and we were just talking, and uh, you know, he asked me, he's like, you know, have you gone over there to 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 to, to so and so? And I was like, no, I, I've always wanted to go over there to watch a game over there. Um, we were talking about Liverpool because it was a Liverpool fan, and. Um, He's like, yeah, man, I really like English football. And then he starts, you know, uh, laughing. Well, it ain't English anymore. And he goes, no, you want English football? You have to go down to the third division. And you know, we started cracking up. And it's in a way, it's true. You know, I mean, the only thing, the only thing that I that I agree with with Sutton Bladder, well, one of the few things, is the six five, uh, uh, the six five rule, which I think I don't even think he believed that you know wants that anymore. But there was a point where he wanted to, where he wanted you know the homegrown players of of, of six, and right. just and five foreigners. Yeah, because Arsenal won the last time they won the Premiership. They didn't they didn't field one Englishman on the whole team. Yeah, their starting like, eleven were all everything but. And I think, and if I'm not mistaken, when they went to the Champions League, I think when you know when Rafa was at Barca. I think they only had one Englishman on the team yeah. starting. So I mean, it's I mean, it's pretty bad. And England blows, man. England's the Guatemala of uh, Europe. <laughs> well, they're not that bad. Hey, come on. You know, I disagree hey. with uh, with uh, the premise that uh, Mexican players go there to learn how to play soccer. <laughs> uh, Excuse me. Uh, you uh, you the Mexican players go there to play against the best and to you know. Oh yeah, so your your players like let's say they stay in the Mexican league, they win the Champions Concacaf Champions League, but then you got another player coming back winning the European UEFA Champions League. There's a big difference in not only in quality of who you're uh, playing against, but you know a prestige. You know people are more afraid, you know, playing against a player like Marquez, or they look up to him. Even like some of the gringo counterparts would used to say than, you know, some player that, you know, some defender in the Mexican league. So, like, me personally, I think it has nothing to do more with development, but by, how do you say, uh, bringing up the self-esteem of the player, you know. If they're playing in Europe, obviously, so, you know, you're, there's a, a prestige and a way to build the psyche of the player. It's not the same as playing in Mexican League. It's, it's sort of, like, in my opinion, it's sort of like a fanboyism. It's like a deep-rooted culture. You go in Mexico and you'll see like people with all kinds of European club team shirts and jerseys, like all these rich kids and stuff. They don't have like a. I mean, you'll, you'll see some Chivas or America shirts, but you see a ton of European, you know, just well, yeah, it's people that love yeah. Barca, people yeah. that love Real Madrid. Yeah, and and that's so and that's bad because I mean I remember one of the first impressions that I got when I was in China. Was when you would go into like a typical, like their equivalent of a, like a Foot Locker, you know, where yeah. you would, you know, you would see like, you know, you know. Uh, was it a sweatshop? Like the Portas no. Marti. Yeah, so, Marti. something like that. Oh. All, all you would see, all, all you would see was just, you know, was uh, European <laughs> club stuff. Like no, you didn't see any. You wouldn't see any of their local team. You know, you're right. And those local stuff's only on the street sometimes. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like we're one generation. We're one or two generations away from basically becoming, you know, Wilbers, where you know. <laughs> I, I disagree with that, and just for the fact that what we have in in all Concacaf, how many play, well, how many well, national teams have players like eight players in the Champions League? 
but, you but know, here, but you you may disagree with that. And, and, and granted, and granted, maybe maybe the, 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 there's a blessing. The Liga MX has, you know, they should they should be happy that they have the following that they do in in, in, in the United States because there's so many of us. That basically, I guess I don't know. Maybe call it nostalgia, but we miss something about you know back home and we watch our football. But Even when in you Japan, go down, but, but, but when you go down to Mexico, to actual Mexico, Mexico, it's there. It's very. It's becoming very Eurocentric. Yeah. You know, and and it's in and, and to me that's, that's bad. That's normal though. It, it's 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 yeah. not it's not it's not normal. It's not it's normal. I mean, because of globalization, but it's, it should be normal because I mean, you should be able to you should support your club. You should support your league. You know, no, I, I don't disagree uh, with you, but they've been showing the European stuff. I mean, I mean, I left Mexico in 1983, and even then they would always show the Champions League and the Eurocopa and the, you know, of course they showed all the the Real Madrid games because Google was playing there and right. that Atlético. But I mean, but I understand what you're saying though, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know that they made that maybe there are some players over there, and also the the fact that uh, you know like the, like those shops that you guys are talking about. I mean. You know the nopaleros aren't going to go to Deportes Marti to get their clothes. <laughs> but yeah. but but uh, and and it's and like I guarantee you it's going to be a trend. You know, like we suffered to, to qualify to the last World Cup. We suffered to you know one of the things that that helped out La Volpe. You know, remember every month he had access to all the players, with the exception right. of of uh, what I think it was one or two players that were in yeah. Europe. And he also had the easiest path in history. Good lord! Yeah, and it, but but you remember remember the previous cycle before it was, that. Uh, it's just was, a good management, you know. You can you can yeah. uh, fight against good management from him. You know, he knows how to manage a great national team. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's not a fault him, of his. They gave him unprecedented support. There's no doubt. But then he also had two Caribbean, like two, you know, Banana Republic Caribbean teams in the. In actually three, like the the first round, and then like the hex was, you know, back when Panama wasn't any good in Guatemala, in Trinidad, yeah, they were terrible. in that Costa Rica. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was it was, it was a joke. That's not his fault, you know. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying he it's earned that. All. all I'm saying is that if it would have been, it would have been interesting to see how he would have done if no, there was Honduras but, and El Salvador and some of these other better but, teams. But that wasn't that wasn't La Volpe. That was actually, and I don't like the guy, but I'll give him credit for this. That was actually Alberto de la, uh, de la Torres, who basically wanted you know the the, the uh, access to the to the players you know once a month, and you know I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a lot of you know like for example uh, Vergara you know you know got into some heated words with uh, with La Vol- you know with La Volpe and then because you know he kept taking his players, he also kept taking uh, players from other teams like during the playoff races and stuff like that. But you know La Volpe was saying, hey, well I need him. So I mean, you know there there is an advantage of keep of, of playing guys using guys that are they're, they're domestic because I mean because I mean we kind of. I don't want to say that this that's the reason why Mexico was basically minutes away from not qualifying to Brazil but I mean if you think about it I mean even Brazil like I don't remember what was it the two qualifying campaigns ago I think they they qualified in fourth in the fourth uh place talking about Uruguay No 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 Brazil Brazil, Brazil yeah I think they they were like you know there was they 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 got the fourth spot and I think Uruguay or Colombia, one of those two, basically got the. F- or no, it was actually, it was Uruguay, I think. 
but you know, it, and it has to do is that you know you don't have to, you don't have you know when all your players are abroad, the the local you know the national team coach he doesn't have access to all his players. You know, and I'll, I'll add to that that if you're going to play in Mexico City, then your defensive midfielders, excuse me, better play in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. I mean, you guys talk about Torrado and Castro, how good they were. You know, you would never expect it. It's because, you know, that's where they play. And I mean, you try and run against those guys when they're just huffing and puffing in that altitude, you know, for their for their season, and that makes a huge difference. Makes a huge difference. Well, you got to remember that, you know, okay, so La Volpe had access to the players, and that's a good thing because, you know, you got to remember that he had to make up. If, if La Volpe had the same quality of players that, that the squad right now, you know, I I don't think it would be much of a difference. Back then he had access because the players, it's not the same, the same quality. And he did a lot more with less quality. Well, there, we also had a lot more. I mean, there were what, Rafa. Who, who else other than Rafa was playing abroad in 2006? Yeah. I mean, there was nobody. No, Torrado, only yeah, yeah. Torrado was back Torrado in Mexico. Torrado had come back, exactly. Yeah, yeah so, Torrado had come back. Yeah, yeah. and, and let's not forget that they had how many, like, how many warm-up games. I mean, they would play them. That that was when they had the real Moleros because, <laughs> you know, they could like. And you said they were doing it in the middle of the Liga, and then wasn't. Uh, I went to. Some wasn't of those. Chivas <laughs> in the middle of a really good Libertadores run? And yeah, take yeah, semis. Yeah. yeah. He, he made a mistake, though. He if uh, he would have got to the fifth game, if he would have called Cuauhtémoc, that was his mistake. He would have been a Mexican he, hero. He, his, his mistake was not having uh, Bofo and Blanco. Yep, there you go, man. There you go, Pern. Well, he didn't deserve to go. He would have been, he made it, He probably would have made the sixth game, you know. <laughs> he didn't deserve to go, man. He, his mind was not in a selección, man. I saw him play in, in, a, in a friendly he was posing too much, and, and he was posing too much after you scoring know, goals. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you say that, Pern, and, and, and you know, it's you know, in hindsight, we call. But the one thing I will never forget about Demo at, at the end of his career was in Costa Rica, when uh, they won that great game three zero when they were scoring those counterattack goals. Either the second or the third one, while Demo made like an eighty five yard run in a dead sprint. Yeah, matching Gio stride for stride. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and I'm talking about Cuauhtémoc. He didn't score, but he was there. He was he was he was he was the wide guy, and that has always depressed me about him. That that, that even in thirty seven or whatever it was, and all the cigarettes that he smokes, God <laughs> love him. He's the greatest. Yeah, he's our he's our, he's our Socrates. You're you're not. You're, you're, I I don't see another player for Mexico that can that was able to. I don't see we don't have one right now that can carry the team. His national team record is. I mean, no one can, no one can touch it. No, well, well, I mean, Chicharito, Chicharito's about to break his uh, his goals. No, and well, stuff like not, that. it's, but, it's but, not the but, goals. But it's it's, it's the, not the, when the goals were scored. exactly. Yeah. And, and I I remember I, we could probably check the art. You know, you know, you could probably check the BSMX you know archives. But I remember that I that I written you know the percentage of the goals that he scored. What you know, goals that either were. Either to you know to you know equalize the match, or to give Mexico the lead, and against you know the opposition, yeah. and it was just like I don't think we've ever had a player like that. Yeah, he was it's crazy gonna... good. Well, yeah, he was good when his mind was into it, you know. And I totally res- like I I'm grateful for that. I still remember staying up until five in the morning watching that Mexico versus Belgica game match. Oh wow, I'll never forget that. But you know, I know people change and. His priorities changed at the time, and you know he just 
at that time he's just not ready. So yeah, I think Lopez what? made the right call not to take him. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it was a beef. They, they had a beef. They, they had a beef, so he had a grudge. Yeah. You know, and well, the sad thing is that back then I think I may have agreed with you because, but, but in hindsight it was just a just an awful, awful. I mean, Mexico, you know, Mexico, like just like you said, they had no talent in that. I mean, in that team. I mean, we had God loving Kikin Fonseca as as the forward. <laughs> hey man, I love. I thought Kikin busted us every time he played, and I love him for it. I really he did. did. He, yeah. he he's like the the poor man's Cristiano, no talent, but he put a lot of effort into it. And uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, and coming off the bench in the in, against the Argentina game, you know, we didn't have we just didn't have a guy that could score a goal. You know, I mean, we had two shots on goal in that game in the first ten minutes, and nothing after that. After that, for like the entire rest yeah. of the game, um, I'm not. I don't know if I would want one guy to be to do what Demok used to do. I mean, I think in a way Guardado has been kind of taken over that role, maybe emotionally more than actually on the field itself. But that 2006 team had probably four really good players. Uh, Osorio, Rafa, Salcido, and probably Guardado and Pardo can take a little bit of that. Uh, the rest of the team was just worked really well as a unit. But there were no game changers. No. Uh, we have game changers now, but it remains to be seen if they can work as a unit when it really comes down to it. I mean, uh, the Croatia game last summer, for example, was one of the best World Cup games I've seen from Mexico in at least my lifetime, and that's probably dating back to 1994. I mean, that game was a top performance from the first minute to the last minute. Everyone pitching in, just just a tremendous amount of quality that the team showed. Uh, actually, throughout the entire World Cup. I mean, it wasn't until like the last thirty minutes of the Holland game where the team started falling apart in a way. Uh, that entire those those like those are three and a half games consecutively that were very well played tactically and individually. We need to we need to build from that, and I think that. Uh, Piojo did that this last this past summer. Now with the Gold Cup, with a very compact team, and and you could tell the players know the roles. I mean, the execution was off during the Gold Cup, mostly with Miguel Ayun. I mean, uh, people in you know, in BSMX know that I had a big thing with Ayun over the summer, but uh, it's just <laughs> like his like the entire tournament was was terrible for him, except for the last thirty minutes in the final where he got moved to the midfield. And it's like, oh, wow, he can actually not give the ball away, like just willfully giving the ball away. I thought it was, you know, it was just uh, overall, we have a good base. I don't know if I would say that this team is better than, like, the 98 team, per se, or the 94 team as a team. But individually, I think we have some very high points in the midfield and in offense, not so much in defense. I think that uh, the, the guys that are going to come into this team from the Olympic team are going to be the, the defensive reinforcement, Raul Lopez, Carlos Salcedo, and hopefully this, this young kid from Monterrey, you know, Cesar Montes looks like a very, very promising kid. Uh, I don't know if, if – like there were t- there's talk about bringing La Volpe back, 
when Piojo got fired, that would have been redundant and really, really ridiculous. La Volpe was not – there was nothing he was – there's nothing more he can get to the national team than what he already did. Um, so yeah, besides he has a heart condition. I mean, it was just, it's just not a good uh, – I mean, I mean, I'm being very serious. I mean, why on earth would you want that stress? Now, now, would you ta- now, would you rather take La Volpe or would you take Osoria? La Volpe, hands down. You know, La um, Volpe – he, I would take La Volpe in a New York second over Osorio. I, would, yeah. I don't know enough about Osorio to make that judgment. I mean, honestly, I have no idea. My point exactly. Yeah. My, I mean, I mean, my point exactly. I mean, look, no knock on the guy. Um, you know, he probably knows. You know, he probably knows. You know, the game and everything. But he, he, this guy, I mean, look at his curriculum. He doesn't have one. He doesn't have one. That you know, granted, I understand South Paulo is a big team and stuff like that in Brazil and stuff. Or Atlético Nacional. But but but, but he, he doesn't he doesn't have he doesn't have the curriculum. Or I the disagree. Resident. I disagree. I think his CV is it's you could say it's underwhelming, but he's got one. If anything, the choice itself is <laughs> underwhelming. Now, 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 now what what has he won? They they I mean, and I was one. La Volpe had one title in what thirty plus years. 25 years? What does Osorio have? He has uh, a, couple, a, a couple of well, Atlético Nacional championships, but yeah. same thing. doesn't but, really mean much. Ex- exactly. Well, what, I mean, what, I mean, I'm not entirely sure that bringing in a winning coach, someone with, with a lot of trophies behind him, is going to be a solution. I mean, we talk about having procesos and having stability for the but, long term. I don't know if, I mean, but, there's talk about Jurgen Klopp. I mean, do, do people really think that Jurgen Klopp was gonna was gonna move away from European top club opportunities to come coach a national team? Well, no, did you not? Did you not hear that he settled for Liverpool today? No, okay, no. apparently. I mean, it's just those are, I, I don't. Those I, are just they, those are just fishing expeditions that the Mexican media do. I mean, exactly. they, they, they but that's the make, problem is is that they they create they set the expectations and then they're they exactly. are taken out, but then they take it out on. The supporting cast, and then it's, and then it's, you know, the uh, like this. We've created a, a narrative where everyone in the MF, FMF is is incredibly incompetent, like they're all idiots. Like this, it's kind of a circus, kind of repetitive joke. I don't believe they're idiots. I don't. I can't believe that the people around the federation are idiots. When you look at some of the stuff that we that are, that is that is quantifiable that that we have got, especially no. over the last five. No. Six seven years. I'm 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 with you on that, and I've and I've I'll be I'm one of the only ones that actually defend the fe- the Mexican football the, the football federation and the owners, because I, I I for one I do not believe they're inept or they're stupid, because I mean honestly these guys are you know the, the, these guys are multi billion dollar you know they own multi billion dollar businesses you don't exactly. you don't get you don't get to, to I mean honestly you don't and I mean and knowing what I know the little that I know about the Mexican media. Most of these fucking journalists, you know, they couldn't. They, they're they're idiots. They, yeah. they, I mean, they're they're idiots. But, but, well, but what I will say, you know, that some of these guys, even the, the owners, sometimes they do put people nepotism, and oh, they sure. have, to, and they put people that don't belong in a certain position, like Memo Cantu, <laughs> <laughs> or, or you know, and stuff like that. So I mean, they do make mistakes. But what, what my point is. Is why would you bring in a coach like Osorio, who really doesn't have a curriculum, because you know you're you have sharks 
you're going to have you're going to have a press that are always going to be questioning him because he doesn't have the the, the titles so or, or he doesn't have the the curriculum to like you know I'm, I guarantee you if you bring in a Pep Guardiola which honestly that I would I would probably I could see Pep Guardiola in Mexico maybe in, in, in eight years you know sure if you if you bring in someone like a Pep Guardiola even even his detractors, even his detractors in Mexico would say, "Well, it's not like I can, you know, criticize the guy because he has won everything." It's like I mean, you bring in you bring in uh, a guy like uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, a Menotti. You know, even the, even his detractors, his detractors couldn't say that you know, he, he didn't know anything. So I mean, if you're gonna bring in a coach, at least bring in a coach where you're not gonna have the detractors. You know, you're you're basically feeding oh. him already to the to the sharks, and that's why I have a problem with Osorio. Not well, you know. that's that's almost secondary because at the end of the day, what you if you look at Osorio, I, I, I'm familiar with the guy. I mean, he is he is like a, he's like a middle class version of of what Sampaoli and Bielsa offer you tactically, and with with player advancement. It's under, it's well, like a middle class version. Like he's not obviously not at that that level. The real problem is, is the guy has never coached a national team, and so we're kind of the guinea pigs. I think that's where the problem is. If we're if we're if we're going to be concerned about what the narrative is going to be with the press, I feel like that's exactly the problem because they're prioritizing having a big name, a guy that can be on the cover of all the all the magazines, and a guy they can bring on to the show and talk. Like I'm I. I, I'm looking at it like the way that you look at like someone like Gareca, for example, with Peru. He's a not many people know what he's about, but but you want a guy that that's going to come in and and maximize your talent. Like at the end of the day, I mean, if if Saudi apparently is going to be the coach, he's he's coming into a, a really really a shitstorm, and he, he the is, only way he's going to he, move he, forward is with results. That's what it comes down it's, to. And it's going to be a, and it's going to be bad because I mean I mean. Did you, couple couple of days ago, I was watching a uh, football picante, and they were talking about Osorio. He and, and, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and Sagi, Sagi, who really is one of the guys, like the guy, he's always very calm and collect there. Yeah. You could tell he was pissed <laughs> when they were talking about Osorio, and you could tell he really wanted to start venting. I mean, and this is and this is Sagi, Saginho. I mean, there's going to be he's he is he doesn't know what the hell he's going getting himself into. Well, I mean, but, see, but, but that's the question, though. Did did he? I mean, and Stephanie was saying, yeah, press conferences when he was with Sao Paulo, it was like you know, Mexico's an elite team and it's got a great potential. Did 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 did, did the dude who made first contact, who reached out first? Because it seems like he it seems like he wants the job. And frankly, right now, I mean. There aren't that many folks that want the job. And no, the they timing, do. No, the timing they do. of it is terrible, too. No, no, there are people that want the job. Hugo wants it. La Volpe, La Volpe wants it. You yeah, know, but you know, La Volpe, look, he's, his, his, his act is done. I mean, he, he, doesn't, he, have, he doesn't have anything else to offer. He just doesn't. It's, that's, uh, that's I mean, if, it if it was La Volpe from 10 years ago. Honestly, great. you know what? Honestly, I would take La Volpe. This, I would take La Volpe now for one reason. Because because now he doesn't have a detractor like Hugo Sanchez questioning his every move, because 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 Hugo's already been the coach, right? You know what I mean? That's the, that's the what's that? It's Ugo not like, already failed. Well, it, well, he didn't fail, but he he got he got he got kicked off. He got caught up in it. 
he got caught up in it. So right now, if if, if La Volpe comes back, you don't have a detractor. You don't have you don't have any. La so, I mean, Yeah, but but I mean I mean again, I just I just think that with his heart condition and his, you know, he's been floating around for the past few years. As it just I don't know, it just it seems to me. I mean, but I understand. I mean, you know, he, he is, he's a great game day coach. There's there is no doubt about it. And that's really what you need in the tournaments well, and these one-offs. Well, Juan Pablo Osorio, I guess it's just an experiment for now. Looks like. Um, well, let me ask you all this. I mean, I'm not sure because I, I mean, how did his team do in in, in the turn? Not the the league, but like in tournaments. Did, did he have uh, any? He he played. He won two cups, two cup tournaments in Colombia. He got to the final of Copa Sudamericana. With right now. With Nacional. Yeah. Um, final. And, and he is well. He just left Sao Paulo, but his team, well, Sao Paulo, is now in the semis of the Brazilian Cup. So that's that's a that's an interesting thing because we need to look at it from a tournament point of view, because the qualifiers are the qualifiers. They're one-off games, two two games in a, in a span of five days, whatever the hex. But he, you know, if we're looking at the context of the World Cup, how does he perform in cup tournaments? I think that's a very interesting question. That's why I'm here, and that's one of the things that the league in Mexico does. You know, the the cup. You know, the you know you have season and the uh, knockout stages. So I, I don't. I'm not convinced with this guy, I, and it's not. And I'm not questioning. I'm not questioning his knowledge of the game. I just, you know, I, I don't. I don't think he's going to be able to handle because I think. I mean, just a couple of days. What last week he kind of was. He snapped at the the reporters over there in Brazil about the <laughs> you know about the questioning. I mean, and that's just. And that's just what he – he doesn't even have the job, and he's already snapping at the reporters. <laughs> that's, that's a bad sign already. It, it is. It yeah. is. It'll last six months or so. Oh, oh. my God. Well, well we, I didn't even know that, and he's already doing that? Mm. He, he, he's, well, he's, isn't, isn't their first game in, in San Pedro Sula? Isn't, isn't that where the first game is? Like yeah. right off the bat? Right. That's well, correct. I, I'm trying to convince myself – I'm trying to convince myself that if we get Osorio – I'm thinking, well, the Colombian coaches have done pretty well with the Central American teams. Uh, you know, like the you know the ones from uh, was it uh, Honduras and yeah. was it Pinto yeah. and Pinto and uh, Suarez? Ruedas. Yes, no, not Ruedas. No, no, yeah, Ronaldo Ruedas. Suarez. Yeah, no, Suarez. no, uh, Luis Fernando Suarez. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking, I'm trying to, I'm trying to just convince myself, but then I'm thinking, nah, that piece must go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we I don't know. That. I think he's going to surprise some people. I'm, I'm serious. I think he'll let's, surprise some people. Let's hope so. I mean, honestly, I mean, geez, at this point, it just, I mean, you it's know. up to the players. Hopefully, the players just do their thing. Yeah. We'll hit the hour mark, dudes. So, excellent. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been an hour. I'm waiting for for I'm waiting for Joel because I want to talk to him about Chivas. Joel, Joel's <laughs> making mole. <laughs> <laughs> Now, hey, what's going on with Angelica? I didn't really get tuned in today with the uh, the affairs. What's going on with Angelica? Oh, oh, she uh, she apparently took uh, her the kids, uh, her kids with Vergara with Jorge, out of the country without him knowing, which apparently got her in trouble with the American authorities, and also she apparently put her hands into some accounts that were not hers and took out a lot of money from the Omni Life. Uh, company or whatever. It's just she's a prison. 
apparently Interpol is on her ass. They're looking for her. Apparently, that's this is what I I've heard. It, send, now, send her to the chair, please. Now, is it true? Is it true that the? Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. You I'm having I, I'm, 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 I'm having so much fun with Chivas right now. You know, in the, the situation they're in. So, what do you think of Almeida? I think he'll I think he'll flake out eventually. They always do. This is Mexico we're talking about. He he'll he'll flake out. He's, I mean, it's a coach doesn't fix fix a problem. It I mean he, he can only do so much. It's just, it's so much. I mean, there's so much more like the organization from the youth to this to that, and Vergara. You know, one thing one thing that's you know that has been constant with Vergara is change and not really in a good way. He's just always changing things and not letting people you know. Follow through, and they're paying the price. You know, it's shocking that a guy, it's a businessman, as smart as he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he inherited all his cash. I'm makes still, makes does he, does he run his business the way he runs I, that team? I mean, it's it's just I, shocking. Hey, I'm I'm convinced, and I posted this back ten years ago. I'm convinced because honestly, or who the hell knew about you know uh, Omni Life drinks? I'm, it's a Ponzi scheme. Sooner or later, that's gonna just crumble down, dude. I thought it was a pyramid. The whole thing was a pyramid scheme, no? It's like Amway, isn't it? It is. In Houston, in Houston, before I left, there was an Omni Life Center, like a little Omni Life train, you know, thing. There's still one in Fort Worth. I drive by it every time I head back to Austin. But 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 here's the funny thing about it: when I when I was still living in Houston, I drove by and I'm like, what is it? So like the two times that I went there. It was like it was never open. You know? <laughs> so it's like I was like, and I, and I remember asking my cousins, like, do you know what Omni Life is? Uh, they're like drinks, but like I've never had it's like, any. It's like the Mexican Richard Herbalife. You know, and it's like it's I, honestly, I think the guy. I have to give it to Vergara. He was really smart. I mean, he basically. Paid people. He paid the Chivas, you know, uh, uh, um, the, uh, the 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 members, the club members, like the hundred or two hundred and something members. He basically paid them with their own money. They're, 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 it, it's, oh, are you talking about the clowns? Yeah, okay, yeah, they're like the socios, the the, the members. Basically, yeah. um, he 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 even said it years later that he didn't have the money. That would be like the equivalent. Of you know someone it, coming coming into my restaurant and say hey I want to buy your restaurant and I go okay so basically what he works when he comes back he comes in the next day and from the sales of the restaurant he he's paying me so it's like, it's like I mean right I mean that's that's really what he's like, that's what really what he did and if you think of and if you think about it the what he did was he changed he um, you know the the Chivas it went from an association you know the, basically a nonprofit and you know by the and I and I remember I posted this but you know by the Jalisco you know uh, civil code basically when you know when an organization a nonprofit organization wants to go to uh, an S corporation or you know SA de CV, basically they're supposed to liquid they're they're supposed to liquefy. All the assets pay off whatever debts, and then whatever whatever's left, it, it basically gets into like a thrown into like an auction of sorts. All well, right, well, cool. Nacho <laughs> versus uh, versus <laughs> yeah, this is the best one. I don't want to hear about finance in uh, in a soccer chat. 
But Almeida versus Ambriz, which one you got better? Who has a better curriculum? Uh, Ambriz doesn't have a curriculum, but he surprises me. I mean, other than, other than being an assistant coach, but you know what? Uh, I mean, like for example, when they brought in what is it, Paco, whatever from Santos? Well, oh, yo, he was, oh, he oh. was, uh, he was the assistant of, of Rafa Benitez and blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, so what? I will yeah, say this: yeah, I guarantee yeah, you, that if, if America wins a title with, with him as coach and this guy Osorio fails, I guarantee you, Ambrís will be the national team coach in 2017. Well, that's the problem. It's all very reactionary, and where it's flavor of the month. Uh, who's the hottest guy right now? Put him in charge of the national team. I'm kind of sick of that, to be honest. I mean, people were pushing for Caixinha and and who else? I mean, I don't even know who else. At one point, Chelis was being. It's just like really, like like any dude off the street is like here, man. Just coach the national team. I, that's why I think this is in a weird way. It's a bit of a breath of fresh air, even if it's underwhelming. It's get someone in there. And let's see how this works. I mean, I think he's—I think he's going to surprise people. I mean, I mean, I could be wrong, but well, let's hope you're—you're—you're you're, you're wrong. We want—we want him to do good, no matter what it is. We well, want that, guy, that guy Ives on uh, the Mexican soccer show was talking about. I mean, apparently, he's really close with that guy, yeah. and he was saying he's—he's uh, he's like a Bielsa, really a workhorse, and the way a he what? Works, uh, BFF like Bielsa. He's a workout. Yeah, because uh, he, he coached at uh, Red Bulls. For yeah, yeah, yeah. They took the Red Bulls to their only MLS final. It's not really saying much, to be honest. But um, uh, to be fair, the guy went to the same college that I did, so maybe it's not uh, complete. I'm not being completely, <laughs> completely unbiased here. Uh, that explains a lot, then. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's I think he's got some very very good ideas. I mean, I think if you look at the player pool and the kind of players that we have right now and their qualities, I think it fits him pretty well. It definitely uh, does. And and he's a players he's a players coach. The players love the guy, and that's kind of what we have with Miguel Herrera. The players love playing for him. But and if guess he can what? Get but, anything out of that? But none of the players know him. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, so that's... Who, who knew Herrera back in the day when he became national? Well, so everybody knew. Everybody yeah. knew him. Yeah. He's been. Yeah, he's yeah. been. He's been coaching since like what 2000, 1999, 2000. Everybody. I mean, the guy. You know, Herrera had coached Tecos. He had coached Monterrey. He had coached Atlante. He had coached. You know, a bunch of teams. I mean, you know, he he knew a lot of the players. And you That's know, true. He, and before he before he won the championship with uh you know with America, I mean, he had gone to what to three three or four finals, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and he had uh, been and, relegated and, a few times. Plus, he became uh, internet famous and stuff with his you know uh, it's, reactions. Uh, it's, yeah. it's it really does make a difference for a coach. And then it can helps him out, obviously, experience to know both ends of the business, and not many coaches do. Yeah, and. Right, uh, Let's just hope he surprises in the, after you know the qualifiers and he does well. That's the only thing we can do at this point, right? Is you know, honestly, or no? if he could get us four points in November, then you know, I'll, you know, that, that that's going to be enough for me and see what he does. You know, he's not going to have the moleros like like previous coaches have had because all his guys play in Europe. Uh, you know, that's why I advocate that if they're going to, you know, if they make it to the hex, that to move the games around because. Uh, I don't think Mex playing Mexico City is as much as an advantage as it used to be when eight of the eleven guys, you know, play at sea level. 
Well, make they're, sense. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna bunker. They're gonna park the bus. Yeah, what I'm saying is, you know, go play in Monterey. You know, I mean, that, go play in other stadiums and don't, t- don't yeah, don't tire your own players out. I mean, they're not used to it. All right, man. Let's. Uh, you locking it. it up? You locking yeah. it up? Yeah. Right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Anybody watching the Rugby World Cup? No, no. I don't get it down here. It's like paper. it's too violent. It's too violent for me. The U.S. the U.S. got spanked hard, dude. Sixty-four nothing. What's that like in soccer equivalent? Like five zero? Ten zero? Okay. Like in dog years. What is Jeez. it? A try, a, a try is what? F- five points? A try? Which, yeah, tries five, and then the extra points two. So, so yeah, it's like it's like ten nothing. Wait, who, who who spanked them? Who who beat them? Uh, Samoa. No. No, South, no, South, South, South Africa. Oh, South the Springboks? Those guys were the Springboks. Matt Damon was captain. I'm telling you, hey, I, if you guys get a chance, if you guys get a chance to watch uh, Australia and New Zealand, dude, it's um, even if you've never watched it, even if you don't know about the sport, I guarantee you watch watch them play, dude, because, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like when I'm watching this, it's like, it's like video games. <laughs> it's, I like watching. It, uh, it's the, crazy, insane, dude. Oh, so uh, you're saying you're watching the rugby, uh, playing the rugby video game right now? No, I, 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 to, I no, I used to have one for the for the Xbox, and I was like, I remember, like you know, a couple years back, I used to play it a lot, and it's like, dude, what I'm watching is these guys are making it so effortless. It's like it's it's amazing. I don't know. It's just you guys got to watch it, man. It, it's it's really it's a uh, fun fun to watch. All right, boys. Well, I'll see y'all next week. All right. All right, guys. Hey. Thanks a lot for showing up. Right, we'll keep it away. real. Keep it simple. Mexico right. wins on Saturday, by the way. 5-0 again. 2-0. Okay,